0: come on do you believe that that there's miracles in this house right now come on when Jesus shows up in this house anything is possible come on lift up your voice for just a few moments and pray you might have walked in this building with all sorts of issues you might have walked in this building with all sorts of trouble but I want you to know that there are miracles that are waiting to be happening in this place hallelujah with Jesus it will happen in this house somebody lift up your voice Hallelujah. Come on, somebody feel after him for just a second. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Let's clap our hands one more time in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm so grateful for the day that I walked into this place. Amen. There's a lot of places that I've walked into and nothing changed. Amen. In fact, I got worse. Like the woman with the issue of blood, she, she tried physicians, she tried uh, doctors, she tried everything. The Bible says she only grew worse. She walked into doctor's offices, some people walked into psychologist's office, psychiatrist's office, and they only get worse But when you come in this place. You only get better. Oh, Somebody worship him for just a moment. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God, Amen. that we're able to come into your house, God, and to feel your presence, Lord. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of John chapter 4. Amen. There's a wonderful presence and touch of the Holy Ghost in this house here today. So very grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 4. We're going to be beginning in verse number 20. For many here today, this might be a familiar passage of Scripture. But I'm hoping to bring something that might bring this out a little differently. John chapter 4 and verse 20. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. This is what we call the woman at the well. She's having a conversation with Jesus. And they're now discussing worship and how worship should be done and she's going back through her lineage and her heritage and she's saying our fathers worshiped in this mountain and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship she's a Samaritan she's a half-breed we'll talk more about that half Jew half Gentile amen and, and 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 she is despised of the Jewish people because of this and we'll talk about that in a moment. But, but she is now confronting what she has heard all her life. That we've worshipped this way, and you tell us we've got to worship that way. And Jesus is bringing a new paradigm in her life. He says, Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither wor- worship in this mountain, nor yet at Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible says that he's bringing a new paradigm of worship, that there's coming a day, and now is, when you're not going to worship at a mountain and you're not going to have to go to a specific spot and place, Jerusalem, if you will, but but you're going to be worshiping everywhere. And he's setting the paradigm and the new precedent that there is coming a church that will worship in every corner of the world. I want you to know you're in Carson City today. You don't got to hop on a plane and go to Jerusalem to worship God. You don't have to turn. It's a heavenly mountain and worship there as some pagan would. But you can worship here today. You can worship in spirit and in truth. But I want to pull up one part of this text. The Bible says, The Father seeketh such and that's what I'll preach here today the father seeketh such would you set down your Bibles and let's lift up our voices and let's pray come on would you lift up your voice with me here today the father seeketh such the father seeketh such and here we are today God we're giving you glory and honor and praise we are worshiping you here today we are fulfilling the very paradigm that you are putting into existence, God. This new principle, we are doing that here in Carson City, God. Hallelujah. We are worshiping a bit in another corner of the world that they didn't even know existed at this moment. We are worshiping you in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shake your neighbor's hand, tell them God bless you, and you may be seated. Hallelujah. The Father seeketh such. For many here today, if you have been in church any time at all, this, this passage of Scripture that we read, especially the last two verses, speaking of worshiping God in spirit and in truth, that God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. If you were a Bible quizzer, it's one of the first verses you ever memorized, uh, is the fact that you learn that God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Um, but there is a lot more happening in this in this this passage of Scripture than than a new precedent being set. There is more than just the theology that God is a spirit. There is more than just uh, the understanding of how worship should be done or how worship will be done in the future. But, but too often we forget who this conversation uh, was happening with. It was happening with someone that we have deemed that we have called the woman at the well. We call her that because as with many people in the Bible, she doesn't have a name. Although we know she does have a name, it's not written down in holy scripture. We don't know what her name is. Her name could have been anything. You could put your own name in there. She might have shared a name with you, I mean, unless you're a man. <laughs> Hopefully, she doesn't share a name with you, or we we'll have to change a name. But but this conversation was happening with a woman at a well. But we don't often want to talk about this woman. And we don't always want to go deeper into this woman's life. And for just a few moments, I'd like to take a moment and do a little case study. And, and, and maybe, again, the Bible doesn't give a lot of details. It doesn't tell us a whole lot. So on this Sunday afternoon, I'm going to take you to adult Sunday school, and I'm going to tell you a story of this woman's life. I imagine to myself that we can take some things from this text we know she's a samaritan what we understand about the samaritan culture is that they were they were half jewish they were half gentile it was something that god strictly forbade he did not want his people to be mixing their ideology of worship they didn't want it to mix their ideology of who he is with all the pagan cultures around them and so god at this moment in history made a very strict law that you are to only marry within the Jewish people and God was trying to keep Amen. this 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 true worship this true religion if you will he wanted to keep it pure he wanted to keep it holy and and for many many years people did this abided by this but there was some groups throughout the Jewish history that did not align with this and there were men that, that married other women of other cultures and there were ladies that married off into other cultures and and now as you see the generations forming there is now this this morphed idea of what of what religion should look like there is now this this perverted if you will understanding of who God is and much like we have in our world here today there's many that that were raised in a religious home or, uh, uh, and they could go back and say, well, my great-great-great-grandfather was a Catholic. And if you were to look at, at their family tree, there are so many new ideologies that didn't exist at their great-great-grandfather's life. And so things have begun to, to spread and change and mold and shape. But, but we do know something about this woman. She was born into a somewhat religiously divided family. We don't know if she is a generational Samaritan. We don't know that she could very well be a first generation samaritan most likely she could have had a samaritan or a pagan mother and there was a jewish father that that did not follow the law and did not follow what he knew god had for him and so in his own way he backslid he walked away from truth and goes and marries this this gentile woman this samaritan woman and this girl is born into this environment where her mom is telling her to worship this way and her mom is trying to explain to her well we worship at this mountain and and my dad worship this mountain and, and and there is her dad and he's trying to tell her well hold on we worship we worship at Jerusalem that's really how we're supposed to worship and and we serve one god not many gods and there is this dividing inside of her household and and, and, and because of the distances and the differences between the, the mother and father, there's probably some contention. There's probably some fighting. And now, after all this time, he, the father thinks to himself, I got I to gotta get out of here. I, I wasn't made to live in this kind of relationship. I was born a Jew, and I need to go back to Jerusalem. And at the age of six, maybe her dad left. And now her mom is trying to pay the bills. In this day and time women didn't have much means, amen, to be able to pay bills. And so she's trying her best. She's sewing, she's knitting, she's doing everything she can to provide for her little daughter. And 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 and, and as this goes, her mom decides, I I can't do this by myself. I'm trying as hard as I can. And so she goes and gets a new boyfriend instead of the husband she used to have and She gets one boyfriend after another. And these these men, some are nice. Some pay the bills. Some take care of her and her mother. But some are abusive to her mom. Some are abusive to her in every way that is evil and unimaginable, but happens even now in our generation. And now by the time she hits her teenage years, her self-esteem is absolutely destroyed because all of the fact that her dad left and now uh, this man's abused her and that man's abused her and and now by the age of 17, if we were to bring it to our modern day, she's going off to prom with the first guy that will give her some positive attention that she can't find at home. She finds herself in a compromising situation after the prom. She gives herself away and she gives up the one thing that that, that, that she could hold on to and, and, and still feel like she had something right in her life. And, and sure enough, as it goes, they break up after graduation. She then gets a job at a gas station trying to pay her way through college. And there she meets a man. And in the process of time, they get married and they fall in love. They are so deeply in love, they decide to have some children, so they have a child. But in the process of this time, he loses his job. Stress begins to take over. He is, not, he is not part of any religious group. He doesn't know how to handle stress. He doesn't turn to God, doesn't turn to religion. He is consistently going and turning to alcohol, turning to drugs, drinking, and just trying to deal with the stress and the pain. And subsequently, so is she. They begin to fight every single day. Sometimes it gets physical, sometimes it's not. And he decides finally to leave her because he's found somebody that's more exciting. And he leaves her while she is struggling to pay bills and provide for her daughter all by herself. She is now in the same position that her mother was in. She's so stressed out and tired that she goes to the bar one night to get beyond the stress. And there she meets another man. He comes up, he's got a nice smile, his hair slicked back, he looks presentable. He's sweet at first and they fall deeply in love and they get married. But then as is the custom of life, pressure hits the family. He starts drinking late at the very bar that they met and he comes home to be violent time and time again. She runs away from this man because of the violence. She's scared for her life and her child's life. And after many domestic violence calls and the cops showing up, she divorces this man and she goes back to trying her best to provide for her daughter. And now we see that this cycle doesn't just happen once, but this very scenario repeats itself. Maybe the next man, she doesn't meet at the bar, she meets him at the store. And the next man, she meets him while waiting in line at the bank. But now she's gone, and she's gone through five failed marriages. She's now in her 40s or maybe early 50s, and she is living with her current boyfriend. But I want to tell you about this current boyfriend. The only way they got together is she met him, and he had a wife. And and, and she broke up that marriage because she didn't want to be alone. So now she's got a boyfriend who she has stripped away from another marriage. She has... She is so given up on the concept of marriage, she doesn't have any problem breaking up somebody else's marriage. And one morning, she realizes as she is, she is with this boyfriend. She doesn't even believe in marriage. She's not going to get married again. She's already tried it five times, and it hasn't worked. She realizes that she's got a notice. It's a pink notice on her door. Some of you know what I'm talking about. The water has been shut off. She doesn't have the money to afford the payment and the late fees. So she decides I've got to do something because my 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 family has got to have water and so she goes down she goes down to Money Tree and she gets a payday loan and she she decides I'm going to take this and and I'm going to get myself through this week. And she decides, I'm gonna go down to I'm gonna go down to Vera water and power. I'm gonna go down to Jacob's well, water and power. And I'm gonna go get the water turned back on so we have something to drink in this house. So we can take a bath for the first time this month, and we can take a shower, and we can finally feel clean and feel better about ourselves. And and she decides I'm gonna go down there, but but she's embarrassed. I don't want to go down there right now. It's just lunchtime. It's noontime. This is, this is the moment where everybody in the city is going to come down and start making their payments. This is when all the other housewives are going to come by and they're going to make their payments and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to see me. And, and she is too embarrassed to go down at the busiest parts of the day. I want you to imagine what's going on in this woman's head. I can't go down to the well right now all the other women of my neighborhood are there. And all they do when I show up is they talk about me behind my back. They, they, they're they just gonna, they're just going to talk about all of my failed marriages. They know all of my faults, all of my flaws. They're going to know that I split up a marriage and I'm a home wrecker. And they're going to know all of my issues. They're going to see my problems. I'll wait for a few more hours. I'll wait until it's almost closing time and no one else is around. I'll go when it's darker out and and everybody's at home cooking meals for their family. I'll wait until I can get water alone in peace. No one will bother me when I get there. I can fill up and go home without worry of what anybody's going to think or say. I won't be judged for my decisions Because nobody at that well, nobody at that business, no one there understands what's going on in my life. And I'd rather not have to explain myself. And so she decides to go down to the well. She's seeking to turn her water back on. She's looking to find something that will refresh her. She's looking to find something that will will fill her bucket up. That will give her fulfillment. And I've come to preach to somebody here today. Amen. That is exactly where our world is this afternoon. Amen. You think that it's hard. Amen. It didn't take me very long to just come up with a very simple scenario. And I want to tell you that I wish that that was just a scenario amen, that came from a figment of my imagination. But all I had to do was draw on the life of my mother and begin to pull up all of the hurt and all of the pain and to know that it's not just this woman at the well, it's not just my mother, but there are people all across Carson City that this is their story. This is the honest condition of the world in which we're living. This is the honest condition with people that are in this building here today. She went to the well looking for fulfillment. She was seeking water. She was in pursuit of fulfillment. She was in pursuit of something more. She was in pursuit of fullness. She was in pursuit of being clean. She was in pursuit of something. that would change her situation and did you know the beautiful thing about scripture she was doing it all trying to get away can I tell you here for for just a second that our world is doing that every time they go to the bar just like this woman she is looking for some fulfillment she is looking for There is a seeking happening here. Every person that goes to the club, they are seeking for community. Every person that that takes a hit off of a bong or anybody who injects something into their veins, they are looking for a high that will get them some excitement, that will bring some joy. Amen. Can I tell you that they are looking? Amen. They might be going to the well, but they are looking for water. Amen. That that well could never satisfy. They're looking for something the bar could never satisfy. They're looking for something the club could never satisfy. No high, no... Come on. They're looking for something. And I've come to tell you here this afternoon, uh, we've got it in this building. We've got what the world is looking for. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. She is trying to escape trying to do this all by herself i don't need any help i'll go to the well alone i won't even take my boyfriend with me to help me because i've learned all he does is drink the water and take the water and and now i'm left on empty again because that's what happens when you look to this world and you seek to this world for fulfillment but she's trying to get there alone and this is what i love about the scriptures jesus is sitting on the well and he is waiting for her He begins to talk with her and strike up a conversation about the well and maybe at another time we'll talk about what all happened within this conversation. But, but we do know something about Jesus and this is very powerful he sent his disciples on to go and buy meat and to do some other errands and run this but Jesus said I've got to go to Samaria there's something that's so important I can't miss it there's no errand that is there in this world that, I, that, that would cause me to miss this moment because I know that when I make it to this well there's going to be a woman that thinks she's coming by herself that thinks she's going to show up all alone and I I've got an appointment with her. She doesn't know that I've got an appointment with her. She doesn't realize that I'm looking for her. But I've got a purpose, and I'm finding her. Jesus is waiting there, and she begins to talk and immediately do what most, amen, what she would have done if all the other women were there. She puts on her best smile. She puts on her best masquerade, her best facade, to try to appear like she is religious. Like she's got it all together. There are people that might have showed up to church that way here today. Might have on a nice tie, a nice suit, a nice dress. You might have your hair done right, uh, but it is in our nature to try and look like we've got it all figured out. And she begins to talk with Jesus and begins to debate with him about theology and begins to debate with him about religiosity and and goes and draws back on her childhood and and maybe some things her dad told her. And she looks back and tries to say, No, I'm okay. I don't I don't need religion. I don't need another church. I don't need anything else what i have is sufficient this well that i go to is a well that's been in my family for a long long time i've always gone to this kind of church i've always gone to this kind of place i I, you know I, i show up on christmas and easter i'm doing just fine that is where most people in our world would like to live and she tries to look like she's got it all figured out and jesus says bring me your husband She finally is a little interested in what he's saying. And he goes, I'll give you what I'm going to offer to you, this living water. We understand that's the Holy Ghost. You can have the Holy Ghost here today. Can I say that again? You can have the Holy Ghost here today. It's a gift from God. But he says, bring me your husband. And immediately she has a moment. Do I keep the masquerade? Do I keep the facade? I've been keeping it all these years of my life ever since I was just a little kid. She says, I don't have a husband. She begins to be somewhat honest with Jesus. And he goes, you're correct. Thank you for telling me the truth. You've had five husbands, and all those marriages fell apart. And you're currently shacked up with somebody that's not even your husband. Can I just say this real quick? We are so, so quick to look at the Bible and and just see, and only see the perfect parts of people. And only see the, the, the best, amen. But I want, to know, I want you to know that the book, this book is full of very real people. Amen. Can I, can I help somebody that, that has said, I won't go to church? I won't go to church because everybody's got it figured out. And everybody, they've just, they've just got life figured out. And they've got all, they don't have any problems. They don't have any issues. And, and can I help you here today? You can look at us today and think we don't have problems and we don't have issues. Huh? But you weren't there at the well. You weren't there when Jesus was waiting in our well. You you don't know the mess that we were when God found us. You, you would be a little bit better off if you understood where some of us were when Jesus found us, when he picked us up. We were a mess. We were a wreck just like this woman. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. For just a few moments. I'm not gonna preach very long, but we need to we need to just pray for a moment. There's some folks who well, I can never fit in with that group. You don't know where I've been, you don't know what I've done. I've made mistakes, I've messed up, I've done all sorts of things that I'm not proud of. So have we there, he tells her and he brings about the truth of this woman finally. Her mask has broken and fallen off. The facade is gone. She can't look pious and religious anymore. She can't look like she's got it all figured out. If he knows I've had five failed marriages, if he knows I'm currently shacking up, he must know what happened to me when I was seven, eight, nine. He must know about what I did when I was in high school and the things I'm not proud of. He must know all of this. She's just been outed as—oh no—he knows I'm a homewrecker. She's just been outed as a. Bad woman in society. The truth's been discovered about her, but I want you to know something. She's shocked. She's shocked. She's, she doesn't know how this man knows it, but I want to tell you it's no shock to God. Somehow we think that we can hide and we can, we can conceal and we can, we can put on a facade and put on a masquerade and that God will never see and no one else will ever see. And though you might fool me and you might fool the person next to you, you might fool this spouse and your next spouse and so on and so forth. There is one person on this earth that none of us can fool and that is Jesus. David would put it this way. Oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. You knew my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts that are so far out there. You compassed my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all. All of my ways, there is not a word in my tongue, but, Lord, you already know what it is. You have been there guiding me and protecting me from behind and in front. You laid your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. I can't even understand and comprehend that you would know so much about me. I can't even attain to that kind of wisdom. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Jesus did not bring up this woman's mess and this woman's past to condemn her, to hurt her. Jesus was letting her know I know exactly where you are and I know exactly where you've been. I'm the God you thought you were coming for water but I'm the God that has been seeking such. I am the God that has come to where you are. I am the God that is waiting at the well that you get your water from. I am the God that is waiting at the supermarket you shop at. I am the God that is waiting right outside the bar that you drink at. I am the God that is searching, that is seeking. You can't hide from me. You can't run from me. You can't disguise yourself. I'm waiting, and I'm searching, and I'm looking. Somebody lift up your hands, and let's pray all across the building. The Father seeketh such. The Father seeketh such. I want to preach you here. There's a God that is looking. There is a God that is searching. There is a God that is going to find. Somebody pray. Come on, let's pray for just a moment. I feel him in this house. Somebody lift up your voice and let's pray. We often use the phrase, I found God. Oh, back when I found God. I want to tell you here today, you never found God. God wasn't lost. You didn't, you didn't, stumble, you didn't, you didn't look into the church and find the church and say, I found him, here he is. I want to tell you about a God that is seeking such. There is a God that is going to the highways and the byways. He's going. Amen. He's outside. Come on. He's waiting in the areas that you and I would never go, and he is speaking to people, and And he is reaching for people. He's going to the wells we would never show up at because we just don't want to be associated with those type of people. But there's a God, there's a Father that is seeking such. He's been seeking since before you were born. Somebody pray. Let's stand all across the bell lift up our hands. Come on, the Father seeketh such. The Father seeketh such. The Father seeketh such. Amen. We're going to talk about worship another time. Amen. Don't worry about that woman at the well. I just want to tell you one thing, that the Father's been seeking such. Who is that such? It's that woman. I've been looking for you. I've been waiting at this well. I've been trying to seek you. Somebody pray all across this house. Oh, come on, let's pray. He is the God that is seeking. It was Adam's failure that God comes by and says, Where art thou, Adam? He's been seeking since the moment you failed. Where are you? Adam, you should have been with me in the garden. Where were you? I I was looking for you to be a true worshiper of me because that's why I created you. See, contrary to popular belief, you weren't a mistake. I'll say that again. Contrary to popular belief of your mother, your father, your cousins, you are not a mistake. In this, Adam, you were supposed to be a worshiper. Can I tell you here today that the reason we were created is we were created for worship. True communion with God. True surrender and openness. Jesus didn't tell this woman about her flaws so he could condemn her. He was saying, There is no worship without openness. There is no true worship without truth and all of your spirit. There is no worship without being able to just be honest with who you are and what you've been. There is no worship behind a facade that's called a play, it's a masquerade. There had to be a moment of honesty. There had to be a moment of openness there had to be a moment where she was confronted with everything she's been and everything she's done but Jesus didn't stop with her past and what she's done wrong he begins to speak to her he begins to tell her that that, that this she says well, well I, I get it that I messed up and I made mistakes and she started talking about worship and Jesus begins to segue right into where he was going And he says, there's coming a day where there's not going to be necessarily a place of worship. But there's coming a day where there's going to be people of worship. It's not a locale. It's not a location. It's going to be some people. It's not going to be, amen, just here that you can get a hold of God. But it's going to be this openness. It's going to be this actuality of truth and spirit, giving everything you have, to him and then he tells her for the father seeketh such to worship him in that moment he is letting her know I've been waiting at this well because the moment is coming and now is Well, there's no one else here Jesus just me the mistake the failure the mess up the home wrecker the divorcee, the one shacking up and living wrong. The moment is coming and now is. For the Father seeketh such. I've got some verses for you Matthew 9 and 14. Let me talk about such for just one second and we'll be done. Jesus said, Suffer the little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such. Is the kingdom of heaven, those that are innocent, those that are open, those that are willing to not hide behind some mask that is the such that He is searching for. John chapter 8, verses 4 through 5. They said to Him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the Law and Commandments commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And we know the end of the story. Jesus writes in the sand. He forgives her her sins and says, go your way and sin no more. Acts 2 and 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I got one for everybody else in the building. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's a message we're used to. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. We're used to that right there. Religion's used to that right there. Bless God, you ain't going to make it. I got another verse for you. And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of God did I preach that the Father is seeking Lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. Such were some of us. Such were some of us. But the Father, he loved us and he sought for us and he pursued us. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? I want you to know it doesn't matter what you've done wrong. doesn't matter what wrong's been done to you. I want you to know in this house there's a Father that is seeking such the failures, the mistakes, those that have messed up, those that have had things happen and they never wanted. He's seeking such. It's his love. It's his mercy. He's seeking such. Come on. Maybe you're in this house here today, and you might have forgotten what good things the Lord's done for you. He caught you in the very act, and the devil said, Stone them, finish them, and God forgave them such were some of you such were some of you somebody worship him thank you lord you sought for such
1: as one of me as me come on
0: somebody pray somebody pray the father is seeking such would you come out of your seat come out of your pew make your way down to this altar lift up your hands and pray the father's been seeking you the father's been pursuing you the love of God, God is chasing you
1: down All oh, the words are not enough To tell the depths of your
0: Come on, church. Somebody pray. The Father is seeking such. Such were some of us. Such were some of us. But he's still seeking
1: true